Welcome back to the 2AM podcast. Today we have a man. This man is a dear friend and one of the funniest guys I know. A real genuine rarity with over 260,000 views on YouTube. It's known for videos like, what happens when you eat gold? And how powerful is the human brain? Please welcome Abud Bekri. Thank you, sir. Welcome to the Thanks podcast, brother. It's good to be on, guys. It's yeah. Fun. So uh, tell the audience real quick, uh, what made you want to do social media? Or what, what is your social media journey? Yeah. How was that like? So I'm in uh, sitting in med school. Yeah. Wonderful um, place to be. Yeah. Sitting in the back, sometimes bored out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do good in lectures. I guess that's, that's the new thing. Oh, dude, I, I didn't, I, I would never guess that. But No, no, I like to just learn my own. But then yeah. um, I started just figuring out these little nuggets, these side quests. Like, hey, this guy figured out this drug or this this yeah. thing, and I'd make a video about it. Whether the guy who ate silver and turned blue, or mm. the uh, the person who would eat sugar and then they would get you know, hypoglycemic or whatever it was, and make these little videos. Yeah, mm. and then they turn into like these little truncated shorts over time because uh, the attention span of the people yeah shifts towards uh, the short version of stuff. And here we are. Yeah. I mean, I've always felt like, well, first of all, let me just tell the audience real quick. I've known this man forever. <laughs> Which I actually just found out. Yeah. So uh, the crazy story is we've, uh, we've never actually personally been like, hey, let's kick it, you know, but we've always been around at what the same family functions. Yes. yes. Yeah. And that, you know, just weddings and funerals unfortunately sunday <laughs> like, school sunday school sunday yeah school. you know <laughs> we both learned yeah arabic school together and it was it was awesome uh good times and then suddenly i just didn't see him for another 19 years until today <laughs> funny how it works man. yeah dude so it's funny. like this guy has a following too and it was just like wow we're we were at, at the same time you know i think it was fate like we just happened to be talking about the same things right right, right. uh we, sh we kind of shifted him into spring water he has two bottles. Sold. Dude, even before that, you introduced me to him. Um, I think he showed me your Instagram account. Oh, yeah. And then I found you on Twitter. Or you found me on Twitter, however it worked. And yeah. then we went, we've been going back and forth. I know, daily. Yeah, <laughs> daily, literally. So it's amazing. I, I love it. It's, um, it, dude, it's like we're, we're all like-minded. And it's, it's awesome that we're back here. And even better, we're on this podcast for you guys to enjoy. Um, I've always felt like he was different. Like you, the things you talk about are just so you expand on them so much yeah. that I'm like, okay, this guy's not average. He obviously clearly likes to learn on your own, you know, which is a, a great thing. And I think mm -hmm. that's what makes you successful and uh, excel in your field. Thank you. And awesome. your energy, yeah. bro, is unparalleled. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like it, the first video I saw of you, I could tell immediately, like, yeah, this guy's different. Yeah, hundred percent. For me, it was a humor, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just yeah, like we can we can there. relate, you know. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, th there was uh, there was an incident yesterday that I came across, and I immediately remembered you because okay. this is something that I went through in Spain. And if you know anything about Spain, statistically, nine out of ten people can get a UTI usually mm -hmm. because of just the, the amount of public bacteria that's available, right? Sure. But <laughs> people don't use public restrooms there on purpose, mm -hmm. you know. Really? And it's if that they bad? do, yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, so the only time I saw this was yesterday i try to avoid public restrooms for the most part mm -hmm. but i was at costco and went to the bathroom finished as i finished put some soap and i was washing my hands by then i kid you not six people had walked out <laughs> just in and out bro just in and out nothing some people you know kind of just like dappled and just put a little bit of water and they just walked out and i'm like in my right mind i don't think water just is enough that's filthy right yeah <laughs> and it's insane to me because um, I, I know 
I've come across people before where it's just like, they try to argue the opposite, where it's just like, all you need is water. And in fact, we actually wash our hands a little too much. And you think with the pandemic that people would be, you know, more hygienical and they did take care of themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, it seems that that everyone's reverted. What's going on? Uh, It seems to me that something is messed up there. And there are, there's a, there's a series of cases and diseases that can come out of this. Mm -hmm that we don't actually think about, that are airborne, that are just mm. sitting there either through um, air drying or splashing. You guys want to get disgusted? Please. Yes, please. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the majority of these pathogens that we're taking in, yeah. um, they're spread fecal oral. Okay. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Oh, if you get some kind of gut bug, you're having diarrhea, vomiting, whatever it is, you consume somebody's poop particles. Well, actually, you know, it's funny you mention that because I have and always... And that's why I have this. <laughs> bro, I have always been a big proponent of closing the uh, the toilet lid when I flush. 100%. And I've never wanted to do any of those air dryer, blow dryer things. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, why? Did you see the, the video blowing up on TikTok where there's a uh, researcher, he gets, you know, the Petri dish. Yeah. And moves around the bathroom, puts it underneath the blow dryer, mm-hmm. and then cultures it for a few days. Oh, my and God. And the stuff that grows is filthy. Like what, what kind of, what kinds <laughs> like, of yeah, like these pathogenic E. coli strains that are definitely poop from the poop. Oh, dude. You know, we have the micro yeah, yeah, biome. Yeah. We have a bunch of bacteria inside mm-hmm. of us. It's and... the things you don't think about. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Oh man. I tell my dad this all the time. I'm like, I'm the type of person where I think about who touched the fridge door. Yeah. Because if I know I'm living with someone that could be potentially unhygienic, it affects me. And why do I think like that? I think the pandemic did that. Yep. I mean, it, it overdid it for a lot of people. Yeah. I was happy not to shake hands with some people, knowing <laughs> that they, they walk out of the bathroom without... Stay away. <laughs> totally feel that. Uh, the lack of bidet use and... Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Freaking... Uh, but I don't know, man. It's just... It boggles my mind to see that you're, you're fine to walk around that kind of dirty. But knowing that, hmm. that's pretty disturbing. I think the, the dirtiest part of your body is actually your forearm. Like, the, they, they've cultured, like, your, your hands and stuff, your forearms. Huh. The most, no one washes their forearms, and they're always rubbing up on stuff. True. So, Especially with the tables. I mean, that, that's seating. where I'm, you know, I'm glad I'm a Muslim. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> right. go there. Right there, bro, to the, to the elbow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do. And it's, it's, I think, the purest form of cleaning for, like, you know, for the most part. But, um, yeah, man. And it's, you need the soap. Like, you're right. Like, the water's not enough because you have fat-soluble things and water-soluble things. And you're not going to get the fat-soluble stuff with water. You need the soap has a hydrophobic and hydrophilic part. Yeah. Mm. Wash it off. So soap's necessary. Am I correct in, in uh, I remember <clears throat> seeing this somewhere, but even hand sanitizers like five to 10 years ago had some forms of, um, what is it? What's the word for it? Um, antibiotics. Yeah, the antimicrobial uh, compounds. It's more of like the, um, it's not an antibiotic necessarily, just antimicrobial mm. stuff that okay. kills. Like gotcha. it kill any cell. Yeah, it would lice the cell membranes yeah. and cause yeah. like cell death. Because due to due due to the pandemic, like you walk around stores and malls, and there's a so there's a yeah. dispenser everywhere. Yeah, I have to use it like fifty times a day. I think I'm walking in every patient room. <laughs> yeah. So how do you deal with that? Like, do you do you actually like touch dirt? Do you go like? Do you have any specific way of making sure that you're you have microbes from a natural source as well? Beach, beach, mm-hmm. get you know barefoot, okay. go in the water, yeah. that kind of good stuff. Um, if I, if I was a kid or I, if I had kids, I would uh, make sure that they played in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the old friends hypothesis where uh, in countries where they have a lot of bacterial infections and helminth infections, so like worms, they don't have autoimmune diseases. Interesting. Like in Nepal. There's no Crohn's disease really in Nepal. Wow. 
because you're getting exposed to these microbes and your immune system is trained to attack those microbes. Makes a lot of sense. It's actually one of my first YouTube videos was on this old friend's hypothesis that are we too clean, mm. which is causing all of this autoimmunity and stuff. And there's even people, and don't try this, it's not medical advice, that will sell you worms online oh. for you to swallow. If you have wow. autoimmune disease, so then you're part of your immune system, your eosinophils and your IgE will attack the worm instead of you know yourself. Oh, shoot. Okay, so. And there's a theory that that will work. Yeah. Once again, don't try this, folks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, yeah. honestly, it seems like it's like the dark web kind of stuff, you know, yes, like yes. don't buy something because you don't know the source, obviously, yeah. but it could have some benefits to it. Right. right. And yeah. there's, there's uh, fecal transplants now. Mm. We, we do that in, um, for severe cases of bacterial infections. And there's even a theory that it might cure obesity. Mm -hmm. like if you take a, a fit person, take their microbiome and put it into a uh, obese person, it should. Uh, should do the effects of. Yeah, hopefully I don't get canceled for saying obese person, but <laughs> no, first well, person with obesity. Yes, yeah, there we, go, there we go. Yes, yes, yes. That's a better term. Is that. Uh, is that actually available for just the overall public or is that more of a medical thing? It's a medical thing. Yeah. Um, don't try doing it at home. Of course. But what they do either, they package up, there's these super donors. So if you're fortunate enough, you can actually donate poop for money. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. And I think what they do is they get someone who's very healthy, probably never got antibiotics in their life, has like this ideal microflora. They package up their poop. Either give it to you in a pill to swallow, <laughs> or they um, they'll go in like like a GI colonoscopy and they'll yep. put it in direct into your gut. Amazing, that's crazy. And we're just learning about the microbiome too. Like right, it's right. relatively new science. So anyone who says that they're an expert and they they know everything, yeah, lying. The, the experts say, hey, I don't know. We're still figuring this out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had some uh, gastrointestinal problems mm -hmm. last year. I was in Spain. Suddenly, had to go to the emergency room first mm -hmm. night. So it was kind of like the movies, you know, right. first night there, kind of crazy. And then they're like, oh, what happened? You drink too much? And I was like, no, I'm just trying to eat. You know? <laughs> just trying to survive out here. And uh, I get there. And what's funny is before that, I had some pain. So I had visited a doctor here mm -hmm. through referrals, took a couple months, found nothing. I was on um, um, omeprazole for a while. Okay. Right. All that did was just make me more sick. Right, right. Um, fast forward, I had lost about 43 pounds. I was sitting at 165 back then, uh, deadlifting like a monster. Oh, I was getting to, there. Like my that, form, <laughs> my form was like, I remember it's just solidifying my form and then I got sick. Really? Yeah. Mm. It was during that time. So I was like about 10 months in, hmm. um, finally feeling my body and all that stuff. And I just lost it all. You know, <laughs> how much do you weigh now? Uh, I'm climbing up to 130 now. And you were at 116? I was at 113. Wow. I was at 165, dude. That's how much... I lost that much weight in four months. Oh, no. So I found I had to, unfortunately, just suck it up and pay more for insurance, right? Yeah, of course. Found a better doctor. Did you get a specialist? Yeah, I got a specialist. Got a specialist yeah. And immediately he was like, yo, uh, let's get you into Riverside Community Hospital next week. Uh, you might have to go through surgery, so we're just going to put you out anyway. Mm -hmm. What would they find? So they did an endoscopy. They found a bunch of scars from the previous years, right? Everyone telling me, like, nothing's going on all that good stuff right 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 um and this was all after spain so spain they kind of told me the same thing omeprazole and all that good stuff yeah that's what a, the pcps if they don't yeah. know what's going on omeprazole so omeprazole yeah interesting antibiotic great yeah, yeah. thanks so much <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, just too, there's just too much to know like there the, is the isn't, isn't gonna know they're gonna be like hey i have these three tools yeah i can kill bacteria i can stop acid and i can send you to a specialist and mm -hmm. the insurance doesn't want you to a specialist right away yeah so they'll tell you hey just go get some omeprazole, come back two weeks. You're going to have to spend some time, essentially, yeah. and it's going to be confusing. But, but if, if, if you, that's my advice to people. If you, your gut feeling, you know, puns, puns here, 
um, tells you that something's up, see the specialist. Okay. You know, it's, it's within your rights. Let, the, let them evaluate you, get a second opinion, especially mm-hmm. if you're losing 40 pounds. That's, that's yeah, un- see, unacceptable. Yeah. That was the part because they don't yeah. know you. That's, that's no. the thing is when people walk in, I think they're freaked out usually. Yep. And they assume that, the, that your doctor just knows everything about you, right? They don't. They don't. You're just another, you're another number walking in technically. Right. The system sucks. Yeah. The mm-hmm. system kind of does suck, but you have to also let them know. Like when I let him know that I was 160 pounds and he weighs me, yeah. he goes, whoa, when? And you're like two months ago. He's like, okay, that's serious. Yeah. Weight loss mm-hmm. is like a trigger for doctors. Like, yeah. Hey, watch out. Watch yeah. out. You yeah. know, all that good stuff. Same with the ER. Like I noticed if someone passes out, they're easier. They're immediately in there, right? Yeah. Getting IVs and all that good stuff. Yeah. Heart, chest pain. Or if you're slurring your speech and you have like stroke-like symptoms, mm. those, are, those are the priorities that ER docs are trained to look for. Yeah. See, those, see, these are things we don't know because we get checked in for like, ah, I got, yeah, I need to get stitches, you know, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just waiting for 10 hours, but. There's a way to game the system. Like if a family member needs to get in faster, mm. there are, let's say, keywords mm. they can use Ooh. to trigger Ooh. higher level of care or Ooh. a certain study okay. that we're privy to. <laughs> of course, they are. We would never know that because our system just caters to that. Right. Unfortunately, and, 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 and it's and it's accordance to you guys. Like you guys work with that system too. Right. Like, there's no way you can obviously prioritize other things unless it's seriously serious. Right. And there's way too many sick people. Yeah. The system's mm-hmm. gonna collapse. Like we had a guy code in our waiting room last week in the hospital because there's just too many people in the ER. And the, and the guy was seriously sick, but everyone mm-hmm. else was coming in chest pain, chest pain, chest pain. Mm-hmm. And the guy didn't get seen. Codes in the ER. Thirty year old guy, like young dude. Yeah. So. It's unfortunate. And the PCPs, the model's not good. The, your family doctor used to know you. Mm-hmm. He could be your family doc. He'd know your mom. He'd know your dad. He'd know everybody in your family. He'd know you from when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. So if he saw you lose 40 pounds, he would have known. Yeah. But this PCP comes in, is going to see 20 patients that day, has 20 minutes to see you. 13 of those minutes are going to be typing. Yeah, and literally. seven minutes are to see you. It probably made eye contact twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're mm-hmm. out. So the system's broken. Yeah. No doubt. This is an interesting segue. I, I've always wanted to get your perspective on this because you are in the conventional system. You've, right. you've acquired a medical degree, correct? And, right, right. and you're, you're working towards Actually, even yeah. bigger things. Um, how do you think about being in that system and then also exploring like the more holistic path that the system doesn't necessarily focus on? Right, right. So I think before I was even a doctor, before I was even in med school, I like to evaluate things and look at things from a better perspective, look at alternative viewpoints. I like to, for the sake of knowledge, seeing what other people thought about it, whether it was the Ayurvedics in India or yeah. you know ancient Greek medicine or you know, ancient Muslim Arabic medicine, whatever it was. I love that. We're, yeah, we're on the same train with yeah. that usually. Mm-hmm. And some of that stuff is, is garbage, some of it's good. But we learn, we, we bounce off ideas, we see what works. And I would say the biggest thing I learned both in med school and undergrad, and the most important course I, t- I took was how to read research papers. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a titled uh, course was like how to read research papers like a scientist and you can look into it and actually study stuff you can evaluate things for yourself problem is most people aren't equipped with that yeah like one of the doctors i follow dr peter atia he has a whole course on his website of how to read research papers wow. for like the lay person mm. which is really important because nowadays you have no choice like during the pandemic you saw everybody was putting up papers and saying this this journal says this and this journal says that so i think with the modern day and i know that's it mm-hmm. is um uh, special area, you have to be vested in your own health. Yeah. You, everyone has to be their own chaperone for their own health. You have no choice. There's too much information. There's too much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you try to blend both worlds. I think that modern medicine, the way I, I dichotomize it is modern medicine is great. If you have car accident, if you have, you know, God forbid some crazy cancer that's growing, you have 
you know, this catastrophic thing, there's nothing better than the American system. Acute situations. Yeah, acute yeah. situations. There's no medicine you're going to get better than the American system. Mm-hmm. Now, for prevention, for staying healthy, we fail at that. Mm. So that if you've heard the term salutogenesis versus pathogenesis. Yeah. So what we're trained in medical school is pathology, pathogenesis, how mm-hmm. disease is spread. Patho means disease and genesis, how it's created. Mm-hmm. Um, while salutogenesis is not something that's taught, nor would it be possible to teach doctors. I've never heard of it. Yeah, salute genesis means salute, like in Spanish, it means health, and genesis to, to create health. So my theory is that for pathogenesis, severe things, the medical system's great. For salute genesis, the onus is going to be on the person and the community to provide that for people. Gotcha. Just like mm-hmm. the work that you're doing online is, is great because you're providing that guidance for people. Mm-hmm. It's all like the subtle things. It's, I mean, of course, you have to have the fundamentals in place, but there's also within the fundamentals, you have subtle things that people right. really like for the most part need to follow or yeah. else you're not going to make the most of the fundamentals. Right. Because if you go back like 100 years, your, your pathogenesis was, you know, you had a cold, flu, whatever it was, you'd see a doctor, he'd give you something, you'd go home. But your salutogenesis was like your grandma said, eat these eggs. Yeah. Take some cod liver oil. Take, take whatever it was. And, and we're not promoting liver king. <laughs> but, <laughs> Which but, we want to talk about yeah, later. Oh, I, I, later. I'd love to get into that. Yeah. But... Um, your grandma was your chaperone of health. She would tell you like this, this wisdom of like, hey, if you're cold, put on a jacket. And whether that's true or not, that's, mm-hmm. that's a different story. But that's how you were healthy. Yeah. yeah. And you, you saw the doctor only when you were sick. Now the people are trying to put the onus on the medical system to take care of you and prevent you from getting sick. I don't think we're equipped mm-hmm. in 20-minute time slots to make people healthy. Like, you, you know, you work with people. What is yeah. it? It's hours of sessions to, to coach people and mentor people. Generally eight to 12 weeks, something yeah, like see, that. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no doctor that's going to be able to do that. No, nor is wow. insurance going to bill for it. For the most part, I think it's just fixing a worry in yeah. someone's mental state. That's right. mostly what, what a hospital visit is. So like as a kid, like you mentioned, when you're a kid, you just get these things and mm-hmm. you're going to be told you're all right. And you really don't think much of it. It right. just passes and it goes away. Obviously, you're better at recovering because you're a kid, but... Mm-hmm. I think as growing into an adult, the number one thing that causes you to be even more severely sick is the fact that you're panicking about it. Mm-hmm. You're not sure what your mental state is doing. Your body's kind of like anxious about what's happening. It's confused. Uh, your doctor's telling you more doctor things. It's not telling you practical <laughs> things, right? And at the level that so you that, understand. Yeah. So yeah. that's why we turn to holistic, I think. Yeah. And there's because, the nocebo effect. Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking that you're, um, for the audience, just thinking that you're having a problem can actually have symptoms. So there's, there's studies where they feed somebody, you know, water with sugar in it and tell them it's a poison and they pass out. <sighs> so you're, you're, the power of your mind, both placebo and the opposite nocebo can greatly influence it's insane. outcomes. So yeah, we've so all heard of mind over matter. Right. I, that is so true to, obviously to a degree, but the, I tested this when um, I had a kidney stone and I was in the emergency room. I remember I was saying, listen, I can either think that I'm dying Mm-hmm. Or I can think that, yo, this is just really painful right now. Mm-hmm. That's why. And if you, yeah. yeah, and if you mm-hmm. took it and you go, hey, if it's probably a physical object within me, then whatever, it'll pass, right? And then you start telling yourself that. But then I get concerned for people that don't know how to tell themselves that. You know, people right. that panic too much because I see that at the ER too. You know, you get the kid that's like yelling at the nurse. He's like, I don't want to sit. Oh, get away from me. <laughs> you know? And then you're like, whoa, this guy's a freaking psycho. Right. Right. And. There's a clear difference between how we just approach um, our feelings. We don't know how to feel about them. Right. Mm. We're not trained. We're not trained. Everyone's on edge. Yeah. And you, th- you think that a doctor is going to, you know, make you feel better about it, but they don't. What right. ends up happening is you get morphined, you get a bunch of vitamins loaded into you. Yeah. You're, you're good to go and you feel alive for a week, but you're still unsure. 
It's not sustainable either. See, that's when we turn naturally. No. No. Yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah. when you turn into things like, why is Mountain Valley so popular? Why is <laughs> raw milk good for you? Right. You know, like, man, I'll tell you when, uh, when my dad had a second heart attack yeah. and we got billed after that whole situation, mm -hmm. the bill came out to like, what, almost 500K. <sighs> Myocardial infarction. So yeah, yeah. they did a MI, whole bunch of stuff. Stand, so they yeah, stand, they opened them up. Yeah. Everything. Coronary angiogram. Yeah. And my mom had to fight with the ambulance, to, like for the ambulance ride, to make sure that she, like, we weren't charged for that. Yeah. And then the, what people don't know, there's a doctor, M Marty Macri, where there are these old folks in cities that get billed, you know, five hundred thousand, a million bucks, and they don't know, and they go bankrupt, they lose their homes. Yeah. You can fight and negotiate with the insurance companies and, and payment plan, and hospitals and whatever it is. You can tell them I'm not paying this much, mm -hmm. and get your bill down. And there's even, there's even situations where I've had friends go in for minor procedures and they're like, hey, with insurance, your copay is a thousand bucks. He's like, hey, if I pay cash, how much do you want? <laughs> here's here's four, 400 bucks. Yeah. So because the, the doctor, the system's broken. The doctors ups, up bill the insurance companies. Sure. Knowing the insurance companies won't pay all that. Oh. Uh, so you'll, they'll, they'll say, hey, it's $5,000. So the insurance company will pay three. Okay. So then they're still winning. The, the Te doctors? Technically, yeah. The doctors are, are I mean... The medical system, it sucks for doctors right now. Doctors are suffering. Like our, our pay is getting lower and lower. Oh, shoot. So administrative costs yeah. are up. Insurance companies are making more. Pharmaceutical companies are making more. And for doctors, it sucks. Yeah, I had no clue, actually. Yeah. So like pe people are like uh, sour on doctors online. I get it. Mm -hmm. um, I think we failed during the pandemic at communicating clearly to people mm -hmm. without getting into the controversy. But doctors are actually suffering. Like uh, a lot of people are for, uh, fed up with medicine trying to leave. Yeah. Like all some of the smartest people are like, hey, why, why should I even be in this field? To begin with and there's an element of learned helplessness when it right. comes to the patient because from a real standpoint they're ignorant they they don't educate themselves on these things so like how do you go about you know helping or fixing the mental game for for patients and normal people right i had a attending so that's like your professor that we'd go into the patient he's like whenever you go in to see somebody say something one thing positive before mm. you do anything hey you look better today yeah just that you see the smile light up on the patient they're going to feel better i think there is even some data to, uh, to suggest that people that do do that will get better faster mm -hmm. the power you know the placebo or whatever it is so you want to provide guidance you want to provide op optimism to the patient you want to tell them something positive but the unfortunate system the fortunate thing about the system is that the doctors are, are rushing in and out of, of rooms to quickly get out write their notes so they can see their family like yeah. a lot of doctors the pcps they're they're finishing from eight to five and they're going home and writing notes for three hours yeah so it's unsustainable man uh i mean i i don't blame doctors to be yeah. honest it's it's brutal dude and the thing is i'm a patient man right so when i'm sitting in an er or whatever yeah. i understand and i see what's going on so it's kind of like damn i don't blame them for not saying hey how are you you know sometimes right. you literally don't have time you just want to figure out yeah, this it's next a tough case. situation to be in. Especially in the ER, and they're seeing thirty people for. Bro, you guys are humans. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the thing, right? Is that when you when you go for a service, this is a thing we do here. When you go for a service, you take the human out of everybody, and you right. you see them as like just to serve Robots. me for this thing. Right? In that situation, yeah. yeah. So if you go to Carl's Jr. and you're like, "Hi, can I take your order?" You don't see them as a person, no, right? For the most part, unless you really think about it. Yeah, you see their okay, name. It's tag, the practice of that. Name. Yeah, so that's that's one of my things is to. Always kind of show my audience and show people that like take every subject, uh, like take anything, take any detail out of anybody mm -hmm. and just focus on they're a human. Right. They all came from somewhere just like you did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Therefore, they're, they're not robots. 
it's okay to say hi. It's okay to do things. It's okay to, for them not to. Right. You got to understand that because it's like the way you act, the way they're going to act too. And, and everyone lives a different day, different hour, different time, different life, different circumstances. So um, mm. it, it's always cool to see that, sure, doctors may seem cold, <laughs> but they're not. It's just, it's just the system to. in it's which... It's the system. Look, if you have 50... Like, today's a busy day for yeah. a hospital. Yeah. Right? Every day is busy, but today's busy, I can't even imagine. Right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> like, FYI, the medical system is probably on the verge of collapse. <laughs> it seems like, like, like it. In the next... Uh, I'm not optimistic under the next, you know, 24 to 36 months. Yikes. We don't have, like, massive problems. If people are dying in, in waiting rooms. And I think that stems to the fact that, you know, society's broken. Yeah, we know we know this. You guys talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. There's homelessness. There's the opioid epidemic. There's obesity. There's all these things that are broken, and the onus of this is falling on the medical system. So homeless people, they come in, and unfortunately, they come into the hospital, and they get a bed for the night. That's a mm. bed that someone else can't take. Yeah, and they know how to game the system. If they say they have chest pain, they're in there for the night. Unfortunately, it's just the reality of it. Wow. People are, you know, psychotic. They're having mental health issues, and God help them. But it's not the family system taking care of that anymore. It's the doctors. That's another bed gone. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's all these anxiety online of people like, oh, if you have this, you might have even have a heart attack. Better go to get checked out. Yep. Yeah. So the medical system is doing the role of the family. Incredible, insane, incredible dude. insight. This is why I wanted you on, man. <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm, I'm learning things literally by the minute. So yeah, literally, dude. I appreciate that. Of course, man. Um, I know that you went on a, uh, you were telling me this over DM, but you were, you were saying that you went on a raw milk uh, <laughs> rabbit hole. Quite a while ago, yeah. but uh, we just actually just came out with a episode about raw milk. Right, right. I listened to it. It's you great. listened to it? Yeah, yeah it's great. So what are your, okay, first of all, you saw what we talked about. We were talking <laughs> yes. about like uh, going back home yes. and visiting the villages and all that good yeah, stuff. drinking it raw. Yeah, drinking it raw. And it's, it's incredibly sweet and somehow did not mess me up. Right. Um, now, seeing that this has been since, I don't know, my first ancestors, they've been drinking raw milk forever. Right. right. This is the first country I've heard where it's, kind of been slightly banned <laughs> slightly <laughs> makes me feel a little weird you know about the system here right um but what is your take on raw milk do you think it is good or bad yeah that's a tough question definitely but we'll, we'll get into it pros and but, cons but like i was telling you i uh went down that rabbit hole like 10 years ago so before i was a doctor before i was in med school um Somebody had mentioned that farmers don't get cancer or something like that. Some kind of like tidbit. Okay. You know, that's the general knowledge. That people that's true. And I got obsessed with that idea. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's true. I think that farmers oh, get sick like everyone yeah. else. But I got obsessed with the idea. Mm -hmm. And I started researching like, what do farmers do differently than everyone else? Number one, their circadian rhythms are great. True. Yeah, true. They wake up with, with the chickens and they sleep at night because there's no, there's no lights, you know, and they're not in the cities. It's true. So they're sleeping great. Number two, you know, they're getting raw milk, they're getting eggs that are fresh, they're raw honey, you know, straight from the, from the source. So I identified these traits of farmers, like, hey, what are they doing that, that, that's going well? I wanted to get off the grid, you know, mm -hmm. go just drink milk. I looked in trying to get camel milk. It's too expensive. There's Way there's some, too expensive. There's some man. companies that sell it here, like raw, but it was too expensive. I was like, maybe I can buy a goat. <laughs> at home. I have some friends out in San Bernardino, they have, they have a goat farm. I, I tried their milk. It's amazing. Yeah. Like we would milk it like fresh and then... Um, we would drink it and I was like, wow, this is so different. It's warm. It's not the cold. It's creamy. It's kind of like a thick, you know, tastes like ice cream. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. So Consistency. At the very beginning, did you feel any stomach pain when you first take like a sip or anything like that? I have like an iron gut. So it's hard for me to say. Yeah. Like I know my biases. My gut can take anything. Okay. Mm. That's awesome, dude. So it's just, it's just the way it is. Lucky for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, got, I know my weaknesses and I know my strengths and like I eat stuff and I have no yeah. People are like, oh, I'm bloated. I'm this. I'm like, sometimes I'll feel that, but yeah. 
Things that's just that's incredible, bro. That's a yeah. superpower. But I, I move things quickly. Let's just say. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of considering your training regimen and everything. Yeah. Like that, right, right. that all helps. Yeah, that's probably, probably what is part of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be other causes too, but the raw milk is interesting because the medical system freaks out about it. Like we're, we're trained, you know, we have exam questions and in the exam question, they, they throw you a hint. Mm-hmm. Patient comes in, they're, they're having seizures and they have meningitis. Mm-hmm. What do you ask them? What do you ask the family members? One of the questions is, did you eat raw cheese? Or did you eat, drink raw milk? Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is that there's a concern for, you know, they call it zoonotic infections. So zoonosis got big with the bats and COVID and all that stuff. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't say that so you guys don't get taken down on YouTube, but <laughs> don't worry. We're good. We're talking about a lot of, uh, so, oh, you mean, you mean bleep and bleep? Yeah. yeah. Bleep and bleep. <laughs> bleep and bleep. Um, but zoonotic spread. So this is the disease that spreads from, from animal to human being. Mm-hmm. And there's a big concern about, you know, three or four organisms, Listeria, Brucella, um, some strains of tuberculosis spreading from cow to human. Mm. And there's been outbreaks. There's been horror stories of a little kid that gets listeria, gets meningitis, and passes. There's the biggest concern for immune-compromised people. So pregnant ladies, um, people, like young kids, older individuals. And what I've seen from the pandemic, my own eyes, is anyone who has metabolic syndrome, I consider that pseudo-immune-compromised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I've noticed the people that did the worst for me in the hospital had some kind of metabolic dysfunction mm-hmm. that put them in the ICU. Oh, shoot. Right. So that, that's the, the, the weight there. Mm-hmm. Now, what you guys were talking about, and you guys hit it on, on the head, is that if you have this healthy cow on this green pasture, it's taken care of well, it's grazing, it's, it's you know, taken care of well by the farmer, you get that milk, probably going to be good for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And probably not going to have those diseases. When you have the disaster that is the American capitalistic system mm-hmm. and trying to scale that to have raw milk, that's where I, where I see a problem. So if you're living on a farm and you're milking your cows, I guess there's probably not going to be, it's probably not studied. Mm-hmm. The serial risk is less, brucella risk is less. And these are bad infections. Like they can, they can be normal for, or like a, you know, brief infection for someone who's healthy and, and robust, but someone who's slightly, you know, not there, it can be devastating. Brucella, you have to take like weeks, six to eight weeks of antibiotics, wow. IV to get rid of it. It gets in your joints and get reactivated. Uh, listeria can get in your brain. Yeah. Um, tuberculosis is it's horrible. So the, the tension that you guys were discussing is the old world concern with pathogens and the new world concern with health. Mm-hmm. The old world, you, you die from pathogens. There's this big killer that's like, you're going to get tuberculosis, you're going to get a fever. Fever meant death sentence for people. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, yeah. fever, pop a Tylenol, and you're done. You're good. But nowadays, we have the opposite problem where infectious problems aren't a big thing for most people, but it's chronic disease. It's metabolic dysfunction, it's diabetes, it's cancer, it's heart disease. Ah. So what you guys are really getting into is that, that tension. And what I'm trying to do as someone who's in the medical field and someone who's more into like, I hate the word holistic. I hate because the people I, I, online. I, I get you. Yeah, yeah. the personas it, it, behind it's, it. It's, yeah. it's good when it's used, but like the, the problem is charlatans abuse it too. Yeah, of course. Um, armchair philosophers. Yeah, armchair philosophers. I like to look at you know the whole picture. Is that what are healthy things we can do safely without the risk of someone um, getting some kind of crazy thing? And we're very litigious here. So mm-hmm. part of the reason the medical system is broken, part of the system reason that you know pasteurized milk is growing is one case is going to happen. One, one kid's going to get listeria. There's going to be a giant lawsuit. And guess what? That farm's out of business. It's going to yeah. be demonized and everything. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there's that tension. Now, 
is even theoretically possible, I'll put that question to you guys, to even scale um, the raw milk to everybody? Like, like no, I, I don't I, think so. Just because of the, the way things like get mass produced here. Yeah. There's always, <clears throat> think of any company you know yeah. right now. They, there's always low tier where it's like, yeah, it's advertised, it's organic and this and that, yeah. and that but it's not. Mm-hmm. Right? There's yeah, just too much shit in it. That it I don't think it's possible if you approach it from the factory farm model. Agreed. Yeah. Exactly. And it's going to have to be because it's, it's highly mass produced. Like right. think of the United States. Like if I were to picture Saudi Arabia, for example, it's a big country, right? right? But just take the city that's populated, populated. It's not that big. No. Yeah. It really isn't. It's not as populated as here. So like I can see why maybe there's a lot more villages, more access to farms right right around the corner. Yeah. So the like the idea is instead of a factory farm, one large conglomerate, you want to localize everything to wherever people live. So you have hundreds of thousands, you know, maybe even millions of little farms that supply this sort of stuff. But even then, like that's such a tough situation considering the context. Right. And and I think decentralization is better for everything. Exactly. Yeah. So like, you know, we're going to run out of jobs very soon with Elon Musk and AI and all yeah. this stuff. So why not have people that are farmers? Big you time. Know, that's a good job that should come back. Like mm-hmm. it's a career you can make out of yourself. Unfortunately, the Walmartification and the Amazonification of the whole system is that the small guy's gone. There's no longer a mom and pop shop. There's yeah. no longer a mom and pop farm. There's a giant conglomerate of farms that are now producing everything. So it's the bastardization of the food system. Mount Monsanto, you know, you said Nabisco was, was the, yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nabisco, yeah. Tegrity Farm. Yeah, so like, like these giant conglomerates because they can produce at scale. Yeah. It's just the, the market demands. So like a lot of people like to be, you know, cynical or, or conspiratorial about the system. A lot of times it's just aligns as incentives. The incentives mm-hmm. are to make money. To me, it's logic. Yeah. Okay, there's a huge clear thing when you study the mind of logic and all this good stuff. There's a way of thinking for things, okay? And it's like it's like saying, hey, a kidney stone is just painful, right? <laughs> but I can go, the kidney stone is a rock. I need to know what size it is so I know how to knock it down. I'm going to punch myself until it... Right. <laughs> you could do that, technically. It's just going to hurt. Right. So there's like a physicality point of how you picture things right. to begin with. And that's where logic comes from. Mm-hmm. And there's a logical aspect to that. Okay. If something is hidden from you so hard, it has to be gold. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just the way I see it. Mm-hmm. If someone's going to see the world as evil and every single person on this world is evil, then you're the one that's evil. Mm-hmm. Or the mentality is evil at least. You get yeah. me? Like it's like, <laughs> it's kind of, there's a cloudiness there. And I think that's where the controversy is, but. There really is no controversy. It's just more like uh, recognize what kind of person you are, first Mm -hmm. of all, because I think I mentioned this too, but you can't just be relatively healthy, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, to be messing with bacteria, but you need to be pretty healthy, like Mm -hmm. more than relatively healthy, basically. So if you're slightly Mm -hmm. off track is what you said, you're... It could cause problems. Right. And yeah. what happens is it's one cow or a couple cows that are sick. Yeah. And then the milk is produced like, you know, they, they pump them out like slaves. And then that milk goes to 500 people and they all have an outbreak. Mm-hmm. And then that gets on the news and people are, are scared. Yeah. And rightfully so. But it's because you treat the cow so poorly. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to the... To the, to the whole treatment. And, and yeah. that, that's the thing is treatment's going to change. Obviously, right. you're not going to... It's like you're going to become a doctor at that mm-hmm. point, right? You're going to have too many cows sitting in a waiting room. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, and just yeah. pump them out, yeah. And the, the vets are just injecting everyone with um, Exactly. And it's so, that's all the cows, and yeah. basically like even if you don't have a factory over you, that's basically a factory because you're no longer taking that one-on-one with a cow. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it 
it, that's what ruins it. Yeah, and then one thing that we're actually going to cover this in a future episode, biodynamic mm. farming, permaculture. Oh, yeah. That's the way to go. That's, uh, that's something that I think is extremely important if we want to make a transition, not fully maybe, but you know, at least make some progress in the right direction. Right. Yeah. Uh, Regenerative farming, you know, yeah. using things ideally, the crops are better, the animals are better, the humans should be better. Not destroying our topsoil like right. we are today. It's, it's wild. Right. No. We've, we've wrecked society. And that's why like the whole farmer story, like it resonated with me. I'm like, Hey, the farmers are healthier. Why? They're in the field working all day. Yeah. Too. They're, they're getting their exercise in without going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're using a shovel, they're doing whatever, whatever they're doing. It's a more holistic lifestyle. We don't have that luxury in the modern space because everybody's in suburbia or in your inner city and you have to quickly feed all these people. And what's the best way to quickly feed people? Cheap, full of fat, sugar, and yeah. protein and everything. Let's get milk quickly in a farm, get it out to everybody. The, the milkman delivers it to everybody. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, a, like you mentioned, there's a great machine that we can pasteurize with. I mean, Louis Pasteur changed the world. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, let's take a segue. Let's Liver King. Oh, man. Oh, wait, hold on. Before, we get, before we get into Liver King, <laughs> we're, we're going to pause right here for our mid-roll ad, and uh, we'll continue in just a second. This episode is actually sponsored by Exter. Exter Wallets, creating the future of wallets. It is amazing. I have mine right here, actually. I have the carbon fiber edition. Pretty, pretty neat. Give them one reason why they should get an extra wallet instead of a conventional one. Well, conventional wallets, I would say, are very flimsy. They lose their shape over time. They're just not up to standard with how things are going today. You know, like just if my boring. iPhone, yeah, if my iPhone is sturdy, I would like to have a sturdy wallet. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and if I drive a Benz, I would like to have a wallet that kind of matches my presence or aura, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. you know, different occasions. At the end of the day, it's a very stealthy wallet, holds 12 cards, six up here, and then six in the back along with your ID. So smooth. Really cool. Has a band for your clips. It also comes, oh, they do sell cash clips as well if you want that. Yeah. But the code, use code 2AM. And the link is in the description below. And uh, by getting yourself an extra wallet or an extra product, through our link and using our code, you also support the podcast so we can create more content and bring you more heat. Hell yeah. <clears throat> All right. And we're back. So Liver King has been a huge topic past week. <laughs> yep. Got exposed. Uh, as Well, we already exposed him before. I mean, he was already exposed. The 10th right? ancestral tenant, you forgot about it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> the injection. <laughs> I mean, there's a, I guess, like, what are your general thoughts on this whole situation? Because it's, it's a tough one. The, um, I, I consider it an IQ test. If you thought that he was natural. Yeah. Then that, that's a pretty negative <laughs> IQ indicator. No. <laughs> no here's the thing. Uh, I've been training for over 10 years. I've, I've competed in powerlifting competitions. I've tried to max out every ounce of muscle possible. And I've seen what's possible. I even have some genetic polymorphisms that allow me to put on more muscle. Oh, wow. But I still haven't been able to get that physique. So if you've been in that field, you know what it's like to put on muscle and how hard it is to have full-on abs and the shredded veins everywhere. And he's this amazing physique. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew. Everyone in the lifting community. Yeah, that's knew. one of the first indicators. But the thing is, there's a disincentive to make amazing physique so you can have a story get more views sell your products mm-hmm. and he, he's having cognitive dissonance it's the first lie he tells himself like hey i know i'm lying to people but if i do lie to people and they take on these good tenants which some of them are good some, there's some there's some wisdom there 
it's a good net positive. Mm-hmm. So it's a lie we tell ourselves. Like, it's okay as long as it's Machiavellian. You know, the mm-hmm. dark triad, one of them is Machiavellianism. So if you're Machiavelli, Machia- Machiavelli is the uh, author of the prince, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. He says that the ends justify the means. And I think it's what Liver King said. Like, hey, you know what? It's okay. I'll lie. We'll get through and it'll be fine. But he got people believing that if you eat liver, you're going to look like that. And those poor people, they all bought his expensive supplements. Liver is very cheap. If you want to eat livers, get it for cheap from your butcher. They throw it away sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you can have the benefits of liver, which are debatable. But they're, it's just disingenuous, and it's the whole fitness industry. He's not the only one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Like he's, he's one of the ones that got uncovered, but right. there's probably a list somewhere of everyone that, that they know of. You know? Oh, I, I know. Yeah. There's labs that are sent to me. That oh, I, that I my God. That's why I, we got this guy. I know, I know pharmacists at different places, and I, I know what people are cashing prescriptions. Wow. So it's very widespread. Mm. Wow. <laughs> without, so without breaking more than we thought. That's not even that to mention hypervitaminosis and all of these yeah, other yeah. problems that are they're real and severe. Yeah, there's, there's two guys that went to Antarctic, um, Antarctica, and they, they were with their dog. They got stranded. They ate their dog. And they ate the liver first. The guy who ate the liver died from the hypervitaminosis D. How quickly did he die? I don't know the full, the full details okay. story, but I think it was pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. Because he ate the whole liver. Dog liver is especially rich. Don't eat dogs, guys. <laughs> of course. Um, dog liver is, is especially rich in vitamin D, vitamin A. So he got the toxicity there in the past. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So like, there, there's risks that people don't realize. And um, the supplement industry is, has pros and cons, but it's not regulated by the FDA. And you can say whatever you want with the FDA. But at least they try to protect yeah. certain people from certain things. Yeah. 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 Okay. Do be making sense. This is a good venture onto nootropics. I know Ooh. you've come from a, a bunch of, you've tried a, di- a bunch of different kinds of nootropics yeah. from ashwagandha to uh, what, L-theanines <clears throat> to all kinds of stuff, right? right. And um, we know what the FDA says about that. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, what is the deal with all these nootropics? Like right. everyone has one now. Yep. And everyone is so lacking focus these days, apparently. Right. Right. Well, acquired, I call it acquired ADHD. Yeah, exactly. Acquired, acquired ADHD. You know, yeah, ar- armchair ADHD. <laughs> I, I gotta trademark yeah. that, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did someone say ADHD? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, was attached, I, I posted a video and the ADHD mob came after me. Yeah. They're like, you're so insensitive to our needs. You don't understand that one in five people have ADHD. Like if one in five people have it, then it's not a pathological variant. It's a normal variant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Logic. So, I mean, Logic that, that, blew, that blew my mind. Yeah. But there's definitely, if this is the, the bell curve of ADHD, these are your hyper-focusers and this is your mm-hmm. ADHD people, the whole curve shifted over. Yeah. Where now more of the people in the middle are experiencing symptoms that would be associated with ADHD, the lack of focus, lack of motivation, and yeah. all these things. But what I tell people is that ADHD, those people can hyper-focus. Yeah. It's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder so if they like something they can hyper focus mm-hmm. so one of the screening tests we do if somebody says i can't focus at all on anything that's not adhd mm-hmm. it's something else you're depressed you have anxiety you have some some kind of you know neuroinflammation who knows what mm-hmm. that's not adhd but the idea behind tropics to get back to your question is that your brain is your earning power people make money based on how much they can think make content you know create ebooks and pdfs and books and, and make podcasts that's how you make money out of it Mm-hmm. So your brain power, it needs to be on complete focus. So people are looking for ways to maximize that. Yeah. And this goes back even to World War II, where one side fought with amphetamines and one side fought with methamphetamines. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. reading this book called Blitzed, 
where they talk about the methamphetamine use uh, in Nazi Germany. Yeah. That might have tipped the balance of the war because methamphetamine doesn't allow you to sleep at night. Mm. <laughs> so the, the allies are using amphetamine. The, the Axis power is using methamphetamine. One, can't sleep. One's sleep, losing. Which a lot of people day. don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, JFK was getting shot up with testosterone and mix mixed bags. Oh, yeah. hell no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of presidents yeah. too, not just oh, yeah. yeah. I would love to see what they're shooting up Joe Biden, but. <laughs> that that is the super cocktail. Yeah, I want to know what his nootropic. Oh my! But nootropics, um, it starts in the in the seventies. Um, I think seventy two. Some Romanian guy, he comes up with the word nootropics from the Greek newt is for like to the brain, and tropic is turning to. So you're turning towards the brain. Wow! Oh wow! And yeah. he accidentally makes the first nootropic, um, which is uh, I think it's the one of the racetams. It's probably mm -hmm. parastam. Yeah. He's trying to make a GABA substance to treat epilepsy. Mm -hmm. and treat uh, myoclonus it's supposed to calm the brain he's like if i manipulate this molecule it'll get into the brain because there's a blood brain barrier that this allows certain compounds to pass because mm -hmm. you don't want everything entering your brain your brain's very sensitive it doesn't have its own immune system parts it doesn't have nerves that feel so your brain's a very dangerous place to get things that you don't want there Shoot. and hello inflammation now he makes this compound he thinks it's gonna make people relax and, and be sed uh, sedated and it amplifies their brain they're more powerful more energetic and their memory's better, they can learn things quicker, and he, he coins the term. Yeah. And he has like five things that what he says that you have to have in order to be a nootropic. Like number one, it's, it has to enhance learning and, and uh, memory. Number two, it should enhance your brain in the face of stress. So whether it's hypoxic stress or lack uh -huh. of sleep, mm -hmm. or these electroconvulsive therapy back in the day. Yeah. Number three, it was like, it should, um, shouldn't have any side effects, like traditional stimulants. Uh, number four was like, it should, um, no side effects. It should uh, protect, protect your brain we talked about. It should enhance general brain function as you age. Okay. And I forget what the fifth one was. Uh, we'll pull that up. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. I, I have it written down. Should aid in, so we'll go through that again. So it has, should aid in, in uh, working memory and learning, support brain function under um, stressful states, protect the brain from physical or chemical toxicity, Natural cog cognitive functions are enhanced and requires non-toxic effects to humans without depression or stimulation of the brain and minimal side effects. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, that's, so technically like Adderall, amphetamines, all these things should not even be considered nootropics. I, I would say like there's a general bucket of brain boosters and there's nootropics and there's stimulants mm -hmm. in that bucket and people try to make their stacks and that crosses over. <laughs> yeah. Proprietary <laughs> blends and all that. Yeah. Uh, Adderall is interesting because right. uh, going through school, everyone that was around me would tell me, you don't take Adderall? Like, you have a final tomorrow. What's wrong? <clears throat> I wish I knew that earlier. Um, <laughs> but what? But because from what I know is that it's just a really light cocaine, technically. Is that, or is it that same class of drug? There are different classes of drugs. They have a little bit of a different mechanism. They end up with the dopamine peaks that are sought after. It's the dopamine that yeah. you get that makes work fun. Cocaine is a very short half-life. That's why people will take a bunch of bumps. Mm -hmm. Of cocaine, a bump is a yeah, yeah. line. Just no experience with cocaine. <clears throat> just a lot of research. Don't do it. coke, guys. Yeah, don't. I'm just breathing. Don't worry. Yeah, um, <laughs> but amphetamines work to um, increase dopamine in certain parts of the brain that you want dopamine increased for focus, for um, mood, for um, enjoying the work. Um, but they, they have similar effects, different mechanisms. That's beyond the point. Um, amphetamines, a methamphetamine as well. The difference between amphetamine and methamphetamine is just a carbon three hydrogens. Oh. and it makes it bind stronger to the receptor mm. that's what methamphetamine does um but adderall i wish i said and you like you you said that my classmates maybe 30 40 percent were using amphetamine i'd go study in the morning 
study for three, four hours and I'd be, you know, exhausted. I go to the gym, work out, come back and people would still be sitting in the same exact spot studying for 12 hours. And they're doing, you know, they're the 99th percentile in my class and I'm getting by, but I'm not doing what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's on it. So you see a clear difference. Oh, it's night and day. What the hell? That doesn't, that's not to say it doesn't come with some serious oh, side effects. Oh, there's no free lunch. Yeah. There's no free lunch. You're stealing from tomorrow. That's how I look at it. You're stealing from tomorrow the energy and tomorrow's focus. And there's weird things where people start acting out weird. There's personality changes. There's a bunch of problems that come with amphetamines. Now, there's a clinical indication. And the whole ADHD thing is debatable. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's no free lunch. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we can, this is a deep rabbit hole. So there, there are a lot of things we can talk about right. here. What are, what do you, you use either regularly or semi-regularly? Um, and like, what are the three nootropics that you focus on? Right. I have the joke that the best nootropic is 137-trimethylxanthine, which is uh, better known as caffeine. <laughs> which I didn't know, by the way. That's yeah. an incredible name for yeah. it. You guys hear that? <laughs> yeah, 137-trimethylxanthine. The xanthines are the classes like theobromine. Um, caffeine, they all come from the, that same family. Um, I think that's the best cognitive boost. Uh, if you see Michael Pollan's work on, on that, it comes back to the pasteurization. The ability to brew coffee and distill coffee and kill all the bacteria might have led to the industrial evolution and us getting on the moon. Because before that, people would have to drink alcohol to have safe water intake. Yeah. Because water, there were sewers, you'd have a cholera outbreak, you'd die. Mm -hmm. But you'd brew alcohol to drink. That was a safer thing, but your cognitive faculties are gone. Yeah. But coffee allows you to brew, you kill all the bacteria because you heat it up and you get this brain boost. So not only are you getting protected from the bacteria, but you're getting this cognitive boost. Wow. And I can see that. Yeah. yeah, caffeine changed the world. Yeah. yeah. And our society is caffeinated. I mean, the speed I speak with, the, everything that happens is because of caffeine. Yeah. That's so sick. So that, that's that would so be cool number to one. Think about. Yeah. And knowing how to use it. And I'm putting together some stuff on how to use caffeine properly, how to cycle on and off. There's tricks to use caffeine. Mm -hmm. And people abuse it. Like they're drinking three, four bangs a day and they're insensitive to caffeine. Insane. Like my last video just blew up about, about um, energy drinks. And people are like, oh, I drink a bang and I go to sleep. <laughs> you are very deranged <laughs> at that point. If you are drinking an energy drink and sleeping, yeah. not, not to mention that your sleep quality is probably complete garbage. Yeah. But the fact that they can even get us to sleep. Yeah, Hold just on. there's even some kind of variant or something else going on. You know who you are. Yeah, you do oh, know they who do you know are. they are. I know plenty. Yeah, I remember the first time I drank an energy drink, I was like shaking. I was like, oh my god. What's yeah, going yeah, on? yeah. It's it doesn't feel right. Yeah, it absolutely doesn't feel right. It's a little too much stimulation because a coffee there's the speed effect that you have to slowly sip it. You can't just chug it down. Um, but the energy drink you can just down it. Yeah. real quick. <clears throat> so like herbal mate, you can't chug that either. Like herbal mate has to be slowly sipped on, sipped on through the bombilla and bombija, I think, um, and all the soccer players are doing that in the World Cup, but. You can't just down that or you just you feel like, oh, I don't feel good. Like I'm anxious. What's going yeah, on? Yeah. You feel like a rhino almost. Right. Or Wolverine. God damn. And like you add in other things like sleep deprivation, poor food intake. Yep. Um, and then you just rail stimulants. Like mm -hmm. I've seen friends pass out in the gym because of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very dangerous. Yeah. You, you can get into attack arrhythmia where like if you're predisposed to an arrhythmia, you may may have never known that. And then you down some caffeine. There's cases of kids downing three monsters and then they die. Because mm. their heart goes in this crazy arrhythmia, they're in uh, VT, ventricular tachycardia. Yeah. No one shocks them because no one knows how to use AED, which everybody learned how to use an AED. <laughs> it, could, it could save lives. We have it in the gyms always. Um, and people suffer. So there, there's pros and cons. If you know how to, how to use caffeine, how to dose it. Like I have a regiment where if I'm working seven days straight, I'll slowly uptick the caffeine dose and then withdraw the dose yeah. significantly on day eight and nine so that my caffeine tolerance comes back. 
Mm. So there's, there's tricks to it. There's um, ways to consume it. There's caffeine gums, caffeine um, and coffee. There's, you know, things you can pair with caffeine, like theanine, like you were mentioning. So there's ways to use caffeine smartly. Mm -hmm. And I think no one has guidance on that. So uh, hint, hint, it's probably a startup idea. Yeah. But <laughs> Big startup well, idea. Yeah. I, um, I got to say, I've been on uh, ashwagandha for the past yeah. two years now. TikTok's but favorite. On and off. Yeah. <laughs> on and off. I, I got to say this. Uh, one thing I noticed with a lot of people that take supplements is that they take them daily. Yeah. Um, I know that spacing them out is probably better for you. Mm -hmm. That's just my logic mind speaking mm -hmm. again, because you don't want to be dependent and build tolerances for things. I yep. think your body is just inevitably going to do that with whatever you take. Right. So um, taking that three times a week, maybe skipping two days in between, mm -hmm. ashwagandha has really helped me take on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And hit flow state with all of it as yep. if my life is just my job. Yep. And everything around it is just a part of it. So mm -hmm. there's no longer like my career is my life. Yeah. It's just everything's a part of it. So my family, my, my siblings, mm -hmm. my work, the 2am podcast, having you come over, like mm -hmm. all that is just becoming a part of you. And it's like compressing it into a nice, good stress. Right. I want to say not you stress is the word. Yeah. You, you know? stress. Yeah. And... It is amazing. I think that's the only supplement I would ever just focus on taking forever. Really? You like it that much? I like it that much. It's helped me a lot. Because yeah, I, I, I use it. Um, I always keep ashwagandha on hand and it's TikTok's darling because some people say you get numb from it and maybe that's true. I have a, a video coming out on it, but I use ashwagandha before a 28 hour shift. Mm -hmm. We do ridiculous things in, in medicine. Yeah. So I work for 28 hours. The amount of stress load is crazy. I'm not sleeping. And ashwagandha makes me feel like my stress speaker. So everybody has a yeah. stress speaker. It's the amount of stress you can take. And overflow, you, 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 know, you have panic attack or you, you, you collapse. It makes that bigger. Mm. You suddenly feel you can take on more. There's, you can pour more water in that. Yeah. So you feel like you have this threshold to take on things more. And that's how the Ayurvedics would use it. So that's an Ayurvedic thing. Uh, ancient India, they would use ashwagandha as an adaptogen. Helps you adapt to whatever situation you're in. Mm -hmm. And these plant compounds, the cool thing about them, as opposed to traditional medicines, is they do many things, many things subtly. While a medicine hits one receptor really hard, like amphetamines, they hit that dopamine really hard. Ashwagandha does a couple of things subtly well. So it balances everything out. Yeah, it's supposed to, if you're too high on this, too low on this, it balances things out. I think that's gonna be an emerging space. There's good data that it will improve sleep quality and decrease uh, feelings of tiredness and stress. That's getting established in the data. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's very reductionist view of like, oh, ashwagandha does this. Yeah. yeah. There's more to it. There's more nuance to it. That's why we talked in the beginning. You need yeah. to look at what other people are doing. What, what is their way of using this? Yeah, that's true. And before that, I like the root of things usually. Yeah. So like, like you said, uh, look at the fishermen, look at the farmers, mm -hmm. look at the, uh, the people that were Vikings and things, the ones that were hunters, like what were they doing? Right. Okay, first of all, they were barefoot. They're, 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 uh, Material clothing was different material, mm -hmm. 100%. So I'm pretty sure it was more breathable, mm -hmm. right? Uh, for the most part, your nuts and dick were hanging, right? <laughs> or you, the had, ancestral like, you had a garment that would cover it and then some clothes over it. That's it's way, the, way different, the garment now kills Your feet your are on the yeah. dirt. You're in the sun daily. Mm -hmm. Like, think of you're having source-only food, too. Like, you're not having, like, you know, hot Cheetos. Right, right. Because right. that's a mix of shit. Like, you're just having meat, fish, <laughs> simplicity man simplicity very is, simple is and it's like that i think reverting back to that or at least infusing some of that within the modern day that's yeah. where it's all at and i think that's where kind of happiness starts really right. if, if you layer on this healthy holistic living where you are the own chaperone of your own health with the background 
and the support of the modern medical system, where it's an emergency switch that you pull on if something catastrophic happens, you will be very healthy. Mm. And that's the way to do it. But if you think that the medical system is going to teach you how to eat healthily, doc, most doctors aren't healthy. Yeah. And then if I'm correct, they only get a few hours of nutrition training, yeah. if that. Yeah. And I wouldn't want a doctor teaching nutrition anyways. Yeah. Because we have a whole specialty for it. Yeah, exactly. Nutritionist. And, and there's way too much to learn in med- medical school to the point where it's impossible nowadays. Each specialty is so, um, what do they call it? Siloed. Mm-hmm. So there's a silo for each specialty now. And you, they don't communicate. So it's very difficult to, to learn all this. And, you know, you saw a doctor for 20 minutes. How are you going to teach in 20 minutes how to eat properly? <laughs> yeah. That's something a that grandma so, should have done. But grandma no longer lives in the house. Yeah. Grandma's kicked out and she's in the nursing home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the key thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, I know we're doing this mostly for the younger generation to follow along yeah. too. You know, we want this to be out there forever, basically. Yeah. Yep. Evergreen. Uh, but uh, if there's any tips or pieces of advice that you'd like to give uh, just us in general, humans, dude. Like or at what least is, in regards to nootropics, because I know yeah, I mean, I, I mean, so. answer your question. The, th- the three nootropics is what you asked, right? Yes. Is it caffeine? So 137-5-methylxanthine mm-hmm. is number one. Um, and this will be context dependent, and it'll depend on how your baseline is. If you're dopamined out and you're very like anxious or you're very like mellow and you need to be stimulated a little bit, that, that's the thing. If you're very anxious and you're kind of on edge always, theanine is nice. Mm. nice and smooth things out. Of course, not medical advice. Talk to your doctor first. <laughs> um, it's a nice nootropic that people like. There are the Rastams. I'm not that impressed by the effects. Some of them tend to do things, but that's a whole rabbit hole that I don't think the average person wants to get into. Yeah. And I think the third one is creatine. Which I've been taking big time lately. Yeah, and we talked about that on Twitter. Um, you were talking about things that need to supplement on and off, but it feels like there's some part things that are good to have as a base, like the choline and eggs, the creatine that you can get in meat and through supplements. Um, there's good data suggesting that creatine boosts cognitive function. Like some people take it for muscle. I, I care about it more for the cognitive effects. Um, I've, I've taken creatine before in pill form. And yeah. um, one thing I've noticed is when you read the bottle, it tells you like take it before your workout immediately, mm-hmm. and then be- immediately after, right? right? Usually. So I noticed one thing. I was starting to become more curious and I was starting to enjoy reading more. Mm-hmm along with training. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think it's muscle synthesis <laughs> no, no. or anything. <laughs> so I, I, I started like actually researching it and it turns out that there is strong uh, articles like that suggest that it has good brain function. Yep. Enhances memory Which formation. is mind blowing because it's creatine. Yeah. I've always formed it to like this water in your body and the muscle, you know, like, yeah. yeah. But what, what makes it, does it, is it something that binds to a receptor? Like what's going on there? Creatine um, helps with, you know, the ATP, mitochondria, powerhouse of cell. Yes. So all ah. Creatine <laughs> helps in there because there's a creatine monophosphate donor system and it helps to recharge your ATP faster. You can donate, you can donate a phosphate from ADP to become ATP, adenosine diphosphate, adenosine triphosphate. Mm. So it helps that better. So you should theoretically have better brain ability brain energy let's say at the cellular level and that helps you function better at a holistic level wow yeah dude it honestly it, it the way, best way i can say this is it takes social anxiety out of you so, every once in a while everyone will go through this i could be a confident male mm-hmm. sometimes and mm-hmm. uh, other times you'll just overthink things yeah, yeah but I you notice that that little trigger goes away it's because you know we're, we all have dna from similar regions or the same regions let's say so we, we tend to have problems methylating compounds. We have this methyl gene, uh, MFHTR, mm-hmm. 
Um, it's not mother effort, it's something else <laughs> that allows you to methylate things. The whole body is about, it's about different reactions, lipases, uh, lactate, lactase that you're talking about in the last podcast that do things. Methylation is a key reaction that happens in the body. You add a methyl group on something or take a methyl group out, which is the carbon and the hydrogen and th- carbon and three hydrogens and ch- uh, choline, creatine help do that. So if you have a buildup of these unmethylated products, you can't remove the methyls off of dopamine, norepinephrine, epinephrine, those build up in your brain. Mm. And you likely have another genetic polymorphism called COMT, catechol-O-methyltransferase, that transfers the, meth- the methyl groups. Mm. You have a buildup of that. Your dopamine curve is shifted all the way to the right. So you have way too much dopamine. You're anxious. You're stimulated. You're not feeling good. And the creatine is moving you back to the center. Oh, wow. my God. Yeah. So... Some people, they have the opposite problem where they have too little, too little methylation and they would benefit from, or too much methylation yeah. and they benefit the opposite way. But creatine is nice because it kind of so works subtly in the background. It's not a stimulant. You're not going to take it and suddenly feel like you just drank an espresso, mm-hmm. but you're going to feel that your brain's going to function better. I know vegans, uh, I've heard that creatine is very beneficial for, for vegans because they don't eat meat yeah. and you know, all that. Creatine, choline, carnitine are like the three C's I always tell people if you want to boost your brain function without jumping into a giant stimulant or tropics, those work in the background, kind of make sure everything functions well. Yeah. I love that. I, I need to go back on it. Uh, another one, glycine. Yeah. Glycine was a, was a, it did me well for a while. Glycine also me- helps with methylation. There we so go. They're, oh. they're all working up there. Yeah. With yeah. Methyl- we all have methylation problems. And these were taken care of by older diets. You'd eat bone broth. It's high in glycine. Mm-hmm. Drink soup. Because you use all parts of the animal. You eat the organs, the, the liver, liver king. It's rich in choline. Choline's great for the brain because acetylcholine is one of the main neurotransmitters in the brain. You can only get choline in mostly meat sources. So eggs and liver are the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and vegans, mm-hmm. unfortunately, are deficient in those. So if someone wants to do veganism, that's their choice. But they should think about and talk to somebody about proper supplementation around that so that they can get the benefit of some of the stuff from animal products so like B12, Choline, carnitine, taurine, um, maybe and maybe some other B vitamins also. Yeah. Those, those are the main ones. Yeah, yeah. So veganism is one of the most like hardest diets to follow, in my opinion, because you yeah. have to make sure the supplementation is dialed in. And people feel great for the first three months because they get rid of the standard American diet. Mm. But once these micronutrient deficiencies set in, so mm-hmm. feeling like crap, they don't have B twelve, they don't have choline, they don't have carnitine, creatine. You have some left over from before, and now it's gone. Yeah. So they feel good initially because they've gotten rid of all the crap. Mm. They're not eating hamburgers and, and stuff anymore. And then they're eating vegetables. They're eating, you know, beans and all these, you know, probably beneficial things. Although like carnivore MD would disagree <laughs> and liver king would disagree. Yeah. But, uh, and then they run out of all these important brain nutrients. So essentially you just need, you need to be moving regardless if you're taking these things. You know, usually. Yeah. Yeah. You should, you should, be, everyone should be moving period. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously <laughs> that's, that's, that's the yeah. first, uh, first thing, but, um, Usually when people think of uh, nootropics or supplements, they mm-hmm. just think, just take it. That's it. Yeah. And a lot of people sit these days, man. Yeah. It's sitting but, too much. Yeah. This was all the problems. Yeah. I mean, there's days like for me right here, I just station out here and just like I have editing for the next 18 hours. So it's like, that's yeah, tough. I know. What, what, it, you, what are you going to do? We got to walk. It's a give and take. Things. Yeah. I'm curious. How do you deal with um, sleep deprivation considering the, the context of your work? Yeah. I'm, I'm frequently sleep deprived because I have to do night shifts. I have to do 28 hour shifts that roll over the next day. I, uh, number one, um, proper use of caffeine. You know how to use caffeine properly, you get through anything. Number two, I would say, um, don't nocebo yourself. So it doesn't matter if I have three hours or four hours of sleep, 
5, 6 a.m. I'm, I'm maxing awake. Yeah. Because my body knows. Like if I'm on a 28-hour shift and I'm I'm really sleepy at 1, 2 a.m. I'm awake. I'm in the ER doing something. But I come around 5, 6 a.m. It's my wake-up time. I'm awake. Wake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you you kind of deal with that. Number three, I guess, is making sure your skin rhythm is intact otherwise so that you can have that effect where the five, you get the 5, 6 a.m. wake up. Mm. You you can supplement around it. There's things you can take like L-tyrosine, creatine. Make sure that your brain brain's going to be deficient when you're lacking sleep. Make mm-hmm. sure everything else is taken care of. So if your brain is full of creatine and choline and carnitine and has all these other things, you can get through sleep deprivation. Uh, micro naps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Huberman's big on like the NSDR, yeah. non-sleep depressed, where you just sit down, rest a little bit, listen to this audio track and get through things. And then the, the big one is we are tired in our brain from excessive scrolling. Yeah. Scroll has a, has a decision you have to make. You have to like, not like, share, not, not share. Do you agree? Do you not agree? Microtasks. Yeah, those microtasks. Exactly. That really, you put meaning on them and so much value that you're just like, it actually turns into an energy. <clears throat> and you need sleep to process that. Like you, you need sleep to process everything you go, everything you've been through in the last day gets processed at night when you sleep. And if you have more processing to do on social media, there's never been a time where you can process so many things. It's such a small screen in such a short amount of time. So don't do that. So if I'm sleep deprived, I try to avoid that. I try to do nothing. Like if I, if I have a five minute slot between patients at night, yeah. I'll just sit and relax. S- stick to first world activities. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. do, do nothing. Just go for a walk. Go outside. Keep, yeah. Do push ups. Oh, there's a building here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what happened to that? Usually it's like, oh, okay, break time. Yeah, which is which is really bad. I mean, especially with, yeah. with how degenerate the world is. And yeah. You're walking the street and you're on your phone. Watch out. Oh, my God. <laughs> my God. Too my, many people cross my the neighbors, like bro. Yeah. The, the school bus comes in. They come down and they're just walking like the, like ducks, dude. Yeah, it's dangerous. There's crime too. Like, pe- there's vicious people out there, and they're looking to see if they can steal your iPhone. Your iPhone's a thousand bucks. Yeah, <laughs> they'll yep. quickly, quickly take it out, out of your hands. The nocebo is very interesting to me. Um, yeah, because there are quite a few accounts who talk about you know, listen, it does it. Focusing on all the micro things in regards to sleep and being sleep deprived, you can still perform. Yeah, of course. And it, I've I've dealt with this because I have the aura ring. I've tracked yeah. my sleep for the past five years, so. I've never taken it that seriously to the point where I get a bad sleep score and it's like, oh man, I can't do anything today. Mm-hmm. It's more of like, I, you just have to understand that it's about context and it's about what you do like 85 to 90% of the time. 100%. Yeah. I even took out my whoop for a little bit and taking a little break just to kind of not nocebo myself. But the habit that I started doing is I don't look at my sleep score first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. I look at it in the afternoon yeah. so I can take an actual change for the next day. I should do that. Because in the morning, I don't want, I don't want to see it. Like if eventually I'm going to outsource it to somebody and have it that else, some, someone else look at it. And if it's good, tell me. If it's bad, don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Because okay. I, I, I take but, advantage of the placebo. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't want to be nocebo mm-hmm. to think, oh, I didn't sleep good. Or why didn't I get three hours of RAM or whatever it is. But I say there's a dichotomy of sleep. And this is the nuance that all these health accounts should, should think about is, number one, I optimize for seven, eight hours of sleep a night every time I can. But the dichotomy is I'm ready to function on three hours of sleep if, not, if that's the case. Yeah. yeah. So don't don't let poor sleep get in the way of you functioning, mm-hmm. period. And the human body's resilient. Like you, yeah, you see people walk around like severely obese. Yeah. And for some reason, they're still able to, although it's not a good quality of mm-hmm. life, they're still able to live 30, 40 extra years, let's say. Oh, yeah. There's backup mechanisms. Like it's, it's amazing. There's so many like fail switches and things that can take... Um, over when you put it all together, some systems break down, but when it comes to like the sleep, every single important night in my life, I haven't slept for my powerlifting competition. I didn't sleep. (laughs) I couldn't couldn't sleep. Yeah. Uh, before AP tests or MCAT or SAT and I I performed. 
You yeah. still you still have to come in and do it. Mm-hmm. The no, if you just say, "Oh, I didn't sleep. I'm doing bad." Your brain can overcome short periods of sleep deprivation, and you might even perform better because you can make more norepinephrine, epinephrine, and dopamine. Because you're like you're so psyched in yeah. that it doesn't matter. You can get through it. That, that's what modafinil does. Mm-hmm. Modafinil is the limitless movie, <laughs> one of the nootropics. What it does is it floods your brain with dopamine and histamine. It makes it forget that it's sleeping. Wow. So you can kind of get into that yourself. Like, can I psych yourself out? Like, hey, I'm fine. I'm good. Let's go. That's true. Uh, I did a I did a play, not a play. It was like a, a little skit uh-huh. uh, in front of a, a cl- uh, an acting class last year, and. I had one day to rehearse mm-hmm. and got the script and everything. And they were like, you're going to be this part. And I was actually one of the hosts. So I had to, they were all, it was a game show and it was four people with podiums. And I was mm-hmm. the one introducing the host. So I had this whole big part at the beginning, right? So I introduced the whole thing. And I remember I was so tired to the point where I'm like, God, like, <laughs> please just like, you know, if there's a neuron shut, just widen it up open, you know, because I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I'm out of it, dude. And it's like, I don't want to mess up. I'm in front of people like at the same time. What happened is I started to just think about performance. Mm-hmm. Once I started thinking about performance and like how I'm going to do it and it's going to be like this. And then I started laughing. I swear to God, it's like I got a rush of blood to my head mm-hmm. and go time. That's dope. Me. Five minutes later, boom, it felt like 30, but it was. Yeah, it's dopamine. Hmm. It's a nice little rush. It's like, it's kind of like when you get into a car accident and you walk out like, "Ah, ah, what's going on? It's all adrenaline. Like, it's just that shock mechanism. It woke you up to. Yeah. That's why I like ice baths. Yeah. Yeah. For that shock. We saw the video, uh, what was know. it, yesterday or two days ago? I do like yeah. almost every week now. (laughs) It's insane. (laughs) I I tried uh, ice uh, uh, freaking therapy. Cryotherapy? Uh, Yeah, cryotherapy. Oh my God. How, how'd you feel? Dude, I, uh, okay, so first of all, uh, my friend did it first. Okay, I went second. But when I saw him do it, I was like, come on, dude, stop crying. You know, whatever. He was just like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, ah, oh, it hurts. And he's like, his, his hands are clamped. And I'm like, okay, take your arms out because his arms yeah. were inside. And so I saw him. It was like, play my favorite song. Okay, three minutes in, three minutes, 30 seconds. I was like, all right, if he did three minutes, 30 seconds, I have to at least. <laughs> Do that. It's the minimum right, right now. Right, right. So I sit in there and I'm like, ooh. And the first thing is you expect your groin to just go numb, right? But then you're like, no, nah, that's not even the coldest part. The coldest part was literally like your feet and hands. Yeah. Feet and hands yeah. are the worst. Feet and hands are the worst. Because the least fat, least blood flow. Yeah. So and get the worst. Yeah. You're, it's like immediate bone. So you feel like you're yeah. just like bone text, chilling. Text and, claw. Yeah. Well, that's the most dangerous. People will get yeah. frostbite, they lose their fingers. Oh my God. That's, mm-hmm. that's the biggest thrum. Dude, but, uh, Let's just say I thought I had to did three minutes, but it was 30 seconds. <laughs> and I was like, how long? He's like, two minutes and a half. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so my song is playing. It's about four minutes in length. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I, that's actually realistic because the song's not even there yet. Mm-hmm. But I am going through so much panic that if he wasn't talking to me, I would have probably not done it. Did you, wait, did you think that you were th- 30 seconds or did you think that three minutes had passed? I right? thought three minutes had passed. Because uh, dopamine slows down in slices of time. Yeah. So you're so like, you get that like... Cracks in effect. You're, you're just, like, Whoa. you're trying to imagine your breath as a visual at yeah. this point. And you're like, what's going on? What's going on? And he's like, take your hands out because you're, you're probably freezing. So yeah. that helps a lot, actually. It does. Um, once that was done, I got out and I was like, whew, outside ain't felt so good in a while. It was like 60 degrees outside. You feel this rush. You feel yeah. energetic. You're like, yeah, you yeah. feel a rush, dude. And then the best way and the thing I had to do right there and then was that watch the Wolverine uh, thing where he comes out of the tank. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's just, what it feels like. Yeah, literally, that's, that's exactly what yeah, it feels exactly like. Exactly what it feels like, and it's phenomenal. Now the effects after, 
Bro, I had ha I've had like look at my aura stats. I've had 43 sleep this week, but my energy has been yeah. Makes a huge difference on all levels. Yeah. And it's crazy when you do the most difficult thing of the week, the rest of the stuff this week is nothing. That gets back to what we were saying earlier about the whole controlling your brain and anxiety. Like it all sums it up with this is that the ice bath, there's people will debate whether or not they're good for your body and your joints and recovery, blah, 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 blah. And the cognitive benefits are the most, most important. You can tell your brain, shut up, stop being a pussy. You can't deal with it. You exactly. absolutely can. You can do, it's top down control. So your brain is two parts. You have your cortex and your sub, subcortical par parts, your brainstem. Your brainstem is fight or flight, rest and digest. And you're telling you, oh my God, get out of here. You're going to die if you stay in this ice bath. But you can cortically say, no, I'm not going to get out. I'm fine. I can deal with this. And when you shut that down, your body will be like, okay, it's fine. And then you take that to the next day. Now, when the next stimulus comes in and you freak out, you tell your brain, no, relax. So you control your, I call it the battle in your brain. There's a battle between your cortex and your subcortex every day. People have anxiety, depression, OCD. They've lost that battle. Mm. Or they're losing that battle. Their, their subcortical regions, the brainstem, is telling their brain, freak out about everything. Everything's bad. Everything sucks. Yeah. But you tell that, no, it's fine. I can control this. You turn on your parasympathetic nervous system. You can see if you have your aura ring when you're watching, your heart rate goes up to like 150. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to lower than baseline. Yeah. You're in this calm, the, parasympathetic state. That's 100% true. If you look at my stats, they actually reached, reached a baseline where it was lower than when I was asleep. Yeah. Which was, wow. It's because a dive reflex. It, it had a similar effect, like staying at the beach all day. Mm -hmm. That sun effect where you were just so content yeah, and it felt like and you had striations and you flexed muscles you probably have never flexed before. <laughs> I'm dead serious. And you were sore from everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like not sore, I would say probably just more relaxed because of how stimulated they were. Mm -hmm. And that's the best feeling on earth because you are ready for sleep, my guy. <laughs> yeah, the post ice bath naps. Yeah. Would you say that the breathing during the ice bath is a, is a form of top-down control or is that more of bottom-up control so uh huberman has done great work on this where breathing is both top-down and bottom-up okay it's, gotcha. it's it, you start breathing more subconsciously if you're you're freaking out mm -hmm. but you can also control your breathing rate so it's something so that, that works both ways he says like the what you see what you hear and your breath are three interventions where they work both way wow where you can top down say no so um if you can top down say no to i'm not i'm not gonna freak out right now and you breathe slowly you'll be fine the people get in the ice bath and they start going <gasps> they freak out and they jump out right away because mm -hmm. they're their sympathetic state their heart rate's 150 they're freaking out and they fail so if i tell people hey you're gonna get in you're gonna have a shock just calm down and they haven't trained that that aspect of their no. their minds yeah because everyone's mind is fragile nowadays we don't, we're not trained that discipline that mr miyagi like <laughs> wax on wax off you you're very disciplined we don't have that we don't have mentors that teach you that anymore um, which is why there's a role for things like ice baths, um, saunas, I like doing dead hangs yeah. because dead hangs suck, but you're there and it's a minute 30, I have 30 seconds more. You're training that top down control. Mm -hmm. You're, you're big into research. You're, I would consider you an autodidact really. Um, <laughs> what are the one to two things that you're really focused on learning about right now? What mm -hmm. really fascinates you in this moment? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think the biggest things that fascinate me is male health. Mm. And I think there's a giant attack on the male system, both intentionally, unintentionally. And I think there's a lot of influencers that are coming out in that space. So that, that's a, one big one. And I think the second one is cognitive function. Yeah. How can I make my brain at my will and not me at the will of my brain? Uh. We always say that we are our brain. I feel that our, my brain is a tool that I have. 
Mm-hmm. I'm more than just the, the cognitive functions that happen here. Of course, yeah. And I want to be able to learn how to use that to my advantage. That's parasympathetic control, sympathetic control, breathing habits, um, exercise routines, supplementation, sleep, all that stuff to have my brain functioning ready for me, mm-hmm. what I want to do. Yeah. So those are, those are the two big ones. We talked about cognitive function, function um, in depth. What about, what do you think are like the, the few big attacks on male health, fertility, mm-hmm. all that? Because I know that's a big problem these days, especially oh, yeah. with testosterone. Right. Um, there's the book Countdown by uh, Shauna White, I believe her name is. It's about all the microplastics and phthalates and all these things that are in the food. The depressing part is even alligators and crocodiles, they're having smaller penises from these plastics. And it's not something that happens while they're alive. It's when they're moms or they're in the egg and they're in the womb. However, cro- I think crocodiles are eggs. I'm not a... Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Whatever, whatever. Don't don't know. Know. I'm, I'm a human. They're eggs, don't But worry. yeah, whatever it is. There's, comp- there's compounds being exposed and that shortens their penises. It decreases their testicular function, all these things. And it's irreversible. So all these, and there's, there's been data where pregnant mothers that have higher levels of these phthalates in their blood end up having kids with smaller, they call it anal scrotal distances. Yeah. And the anal scrotal distance is a good indicator of a male female dichotomy. So females have very short distances. Males have very long distances mm. and male distances are getting smaller. So there's a demasculinization happening wow. at the level of the womb. That freaks me out. So if anyone's trying to get pregnant, read the book, both male and female, you have to be taking care of that. There is, um, number two, probably the lack of sleep. Testosterone is made during REM sleep. Mm-hmm. And my most famous video is about having erections in the morning. People don't have erections in the morning anymore because they're watching too much porn. Their testosterone levels are low. They're very stressed out. Number three, I would say it's the lack of brotherhood yeah. and competition. Because if you live, you know, we always talk about going back in time and we reminisce and we romanticize, but you lived a thousand years ago, you and your brothers and your homies, you rode horses together, shot arrows together, you competed against one another, you wrestled, there's competition. There's even evidence that in, if you play stre- uh, chess, winners have a testosterone rise. Mm-hmm. Just from chess, it's the least masculine, aggressive thing you can do. Winning, competition, there's this rise in testosterone. There's this brotherhood, a feeling of security, knowing your bros have your back, that doesn't exist anymore. So guys are anxious, they're stressed out. They don't have platforms like this. Yeah, you have They're guys sleeping younger. with your girl, bro. Like, yeah. what is going on? It, yeah, like, it's just such a common scenario. That like, like, Tate said, I wouldn't, well, they asked him, what would you do if someone, if one of your homies slept with your girl? I was like, that would never happen. If I died, none of my boys would do that. <laughs> yeah. I screened for, my, for the best guys possible. Because you know yeah. who to choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's no, there's no brotherhood. Like most people reminisce like when they were in football, there's this brotherhood and there's masculinity together and you're lifting weights and you're, you're working out. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, there was a James Cameron, the, the avatar director. Mm-hmm. He just said, testosterone is a toxin that must be removed. He said what? that. Yes. Oh, my oh by, the, by the way, the same guy who has that a big stake in uh, cricket protein companies and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, there's a whole bunch of like. Yeah, I have a video coming out about that. I'm like, piss me off. Like, yeah. Beyond belief. Testosterone is one of the most important things for male mental health. If, you're, if your testosterone is low, that's a contributing factor to depression, anxiety, and all these mental problems. You have less muscle. You have less strength. You're less likely to go talk to a female. You're less likely to work out, to be entrepreneurial, to make money, to do all the things that make you happy in life. Yeah. So how can you even say that testosterone is not necessary? It's a toxin. It's one of the most important things that you have. In the it runs your life, bro. Yeah. Like, it's even important for females. Like females, after, after uh, menopause, they have no estrogen. They also have no testosterone. Yeah. Or less testosterone, let's say. So that ruins them too. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the most important things that exists in your body. Like most guys, when they get on HRT, 
and they feel phenomenal because it's like, hey, I have testosterone back anymore. I have that energy, that vigor. Like uh, people have known this for thousands of years. The, the early researchers, they thought like, hey, there's some kind of factor in the testicle that makes men feel better. So they take monkey testicles and try to attach it to them. Yeah. Oh Failed God. experiments. Yeah. Don't do it. Monkey testicles don't work. <laughs> I don't think eating testicles helps either. Sorry, liver king. Yeah. But testosterone is one of the most vital aspects of male vitality. Like Bro, vital for male vitality. How can you even say Bro, without toxic? testosterone, you're not going to have clear thinking. You're not no. going to have actual goals. You're not nope. going to achieve any of your goals. Nope. You're not going to make money. You're not like you're it. There's so much that you need testosterone for. Yeah. And I, I've literally tested this within my own life. I would not be here today if there was no testosterone. Of course. Of course. Right. If, if that, if I did not befriend people and, and lose respect <laughs> to some people and gain respect to some people and all that, that is all run by testosterone, by the way. Uh, Male dominance hierarchies, yep. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, and then, like, the the overly fantasizing shit, like porn, yeah. you know? Males do that way too much nowadays, mm -hmm. where oh. they fantasize everything yeah. the way porn does. It's like incel culture and all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's like, what the hell's going on, bro? Like, le let a cartoon be a cartoon, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You, like, and what, it's the sharing knowledge of, like, yo, did you see this video? Everyone knows that person. Every, like, it's becoming such a normal class thing yeah. That it's almost weird if you don't talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. If someone says a name and you don't know it and they start laughing, they think that that's weird. You get me? Yeah, I mean, like, but it's, it's just, a, it's a porn star or whatever. And you're like, bro, I'm. <laughs> and, and I think if you took a video, someone was talking about this, I think it was Tam, Tam Khan on, on with Andrew Tate. If you want to take someone and completely humiliate them, get a video of them jerking off whatever porn and have them side by side with the porn they're watching, what they're jerking off to. They'd be mortified. They're, oh my god! They'd never come out again. That is so it's true. It's the most humiliating things you can do. Yeah. And yet, every the whole society and everyone's gonna be like, "That's what you're into." Yeah. Not knowing that that they watched everything. And they you're did. sitting there like, "Yeah, you like know, come on, bro." Just because someone. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, dude. Like it's a, uh, it's a, um, it's a societal thing. We yeah. said this at the very beginning. We're just, we're just, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a multiple problem thing where degenerate yeah we're outside of the health stuff where do you think this attack on masculinity comes because it, it is an attack and it's yeah. pretty obvious like when you look at mainstream media all that 100 oh, what do you think is the the main factor there like the etymology or what how, how it's happening sure. yeah um my theory on testosterone is that testosterone is given when you need it so i've, I've seen patients where their testosterone is low they become a stockbroker and they're yep. trading and suddenly their testosterone gets higher Interesting. Because they, they need that testosterone to compete against other people. Mm -hmm. We don't need strong men in the society anymore. Society is very effeminate. It's very chill. There's no competition. You just go to your job. You sit at your desk. There, there's very, like, they don't want you to compete. It's all easy. Yeah, yeah. it's easy. There's no, there's no vigor involved. Uh, outside of the gym culture, you go, home, you go to work, come home, you Uber eat some food, put on some Netflix, some bullshit documentary on whatever, or some bullshit show, and you go to sleep for four hours and you wake up and you repeat the same cycle over again there's no need to have that masculine men now if there's an invasion of some of a different place they're <laughs> going to call all the masculine men like get on the front lines exactly yeah. and the u.s military is having a hard time finding men to recruit which is scary because china and china's yeah. doing the opposite that's thing. a that's yeah. a huge stat because if you look at it from the past decade yeah there's a huge decline because they make fun of like yeah. the military being stupid and whatever but there's minimum iqs you have to have to join the military and they can't find the guys that are not obese have enough of IQ and want to do it. So there's no call for the masculine men to exist anymore. So as a result, they're, they're lowering the standards at which you can get through, right? right. And there's even you know, female selection drives society. It's the whole Jordan Peterson thing, but females are the ones that have access to sexual preferences in the modern day. And there's a theory that being on birth control will have females prefer a less masculine male. 
It's backed by pheromones, by all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's even data to support this theory. And if that's the case, then the female selection is towards less masculine men. Wow. What the hell? So the whole society is selecting. There's always selective pressures on everything. And when it comes to the raw milk or liver king, whatever it is, these are selective pressures that manifest in society. Mm-hmm. And the selective pressures are not for masculine men. I'm I'm trying to think about what the second and third and fourth order consequences of that are going to be. Like, let's say a decade, two decades, <laughs> three decades from now. Do you have any ideas to where this is leading? Well, complete breakdown of the family system because everyone's cheating on their on their spouses. Mm-hmm. Men are unable to perform in bed. Mm-hmm. And guess what? There's other guys that will. Yeah. So there's yeah. female and male infidelity both ways. We also have the the other part where it's just kind of like a uh, is it a polygamous marriage? Yeah, poly- polyamorous polygamous. Yeah, where it's just like oh we watch people and they watch us and they yeah do, do that's, that's whatever and warism. Yeah, Where's and the, stuff yeah, like that. And like, well, they're, so, they're so used to watching porn, so they'd rather watch someone get off, yeah. and get off themselves. Or, exactly. So it's like it's um, that's a whole different type of. But yeah. So the, the, the I mean that's probably second order. Family system breaks down. Suddenly you have more mental health problems that clog up the hospitals. God forbid you have a heart attack and you need to get to the hospital. There's five beds full from people that have uh, are having a mental breakdown that affects you. Mm-hmm. Um, societies that tend, if you study the Roman Empire and the American Empire and overlay their histories. You will see a lot of similarities. Yeah, and you will see that they had a breakdown in their in their culture, mm-hmm. and that led to them being overtaken. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Romans were run through. Yeah, a couple times uh, by the by the Visigoths and by the uh, Vandals, and then by the even the Arab conquerors. They ran through them quickly because they had, they had fell apart. Mm-hmm. They were no longer masculine. Yeah. Um. So that that's the fear. Like, if we love the United States, we love living here. It's great. Life is good for us. And we complain about all these things, but life overall is great. Yeah. But we might be overrun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, we, I travel a lot. You travel. Yeah. yeah. You, you go back home a lot. Yeah, so yeah. it's like you get to see the key differences of how uh, the adults here mm-hmm. that are around you mm-hmm. are versus the, the way they are over there. Mm-hmm. And over there, I got to say that they handle a lot more, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to uh, moving your piece, rolling the dice, like kind of just where you are on this earth and the things you do and the things that are attached to me they're very meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they, for the most part have done and grasped a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you look at the, the typical timeline here and it's, you see how chill it is. Like you, like you just said, it's just more accommodating to being less masculine. Yeah. Right. Um, there, I feel like there are some similarities, but also major differences between how, or, or like they, the initial, uh, thought that they, they start off their day with. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a completely different mentality. Like, it's almost like we have different brains. Yeah, because they're more communal. The more, most important thing there is the community unit. The family unit, the tribe, and the whole community matter. There's an there's a idea of we have to preserve the order of the community. Here, the idea is I preserve me above all. doesn't matter what anything else. If I'm happy, I have my hedonistic pleasures fulfilled, it's fine. Over there, it's like, hey, I got to take care of grandma. I have an aunt that's, that needs to get fed. There's this, there's that. This person's going through this. We have to come and help the whole community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which actually is kind of this alpha male. Maybe it yeah. helps boost your testosterone. It does. Because you're, you're, you're a provider like, almost. Yeah. You, you feel like more of a provider there than you are here. Here, you're just taking care of yourself. Yeah. You ever seen the video no. of a, there's a pack of gorillas and they're packing, passing the road? Yeah. I don't know, pack, whatever it's called. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah, there's yeah, a pack yeah, of gorillas. Yeah. And there's the big alpha male gorilla and there's cars passing by. He gets in the middle of the road, stops all traffic. And that's everyone else passed by. And then, and then he It's passes. an amazing video. Mm-hmm. And it tells you that's the problem with modern men. 
Modern man didn't do that. So it's a, it's a complete shit show. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever, mm-hmm. you, you've probably been in a situation before where you see something go down in public, mm-hmm. right? And you step up mm-hmm. and you look around you and everybody's taking a video. Yeah. And you're like, what the? Bystander effect. Uh, like what's, what's happening? And then the thing is, is now you're pointed as the weird one for actually taking action mm-hmm. or whatever, because that's just uncommon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you come from, like, you're obviously a different generation. So you come from a place where it's like, hey, I need to uh, be more aware mm-hmm. and look out for my brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. That stuff's kind of gone now. Oh, completely. Completely, almost. Yeah, a guy's car stopped down next to the freeway a few, uh, like two weeks ago. Yeah. I got out to push the car. Usually I remember maybe 20 years ago, 30 guys would have jumped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody jumped out. Yeah. And luckily I know I deadlift, so it's, it's okay. Yeah. But <laughs> no one else came to help. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, they just drive uh, right past. Who yeah. cares, bro? If anything, if there was a puddle, they just run. Yeah. yeah, who cares? There's an old man, this beat yeah. up civic, whatever it was. I'm like, dude, come help. Yeah. I imagine population no, size has to yeah. do with that too. There's no yeah. urgency towards anything, man. Yeah. And and I honestly believe that testosterone has a huge part with that. Of course. Absolutely. The, the sense of urgency is missing. Uh also, it's uh, the dual parents working all the time. And that's yeah. causing a lot of issues for men and women. So when yeah. they're boys and girls, mm-hmm. right, growing up, they're not being fulfilled as men and women anymore. They're still boys and girls. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and uh, it's more important for men than it is for women. A woman, you have your menstruation cycle that comes in. That's a big sign like, hey, you're now a woman. Yeah. We don't have that. Yeah. Like, at least, like, the, I admire the Jewish culture because they have bar mitzvahs. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, you're now a man. But we don't have that. Most people never have a uh, passing of the torch like, hey, yeah. you're now a man. Like your grandpa doesn't sit you down. It's like, hey, you're a man now. If you step up. No it's initiation like, rituals. Yeah, they just you, tell you it's your responsibility. Yeah. You're like, wait, what's our responsibility? I haven't yeah. been through anything tough to yeah. do that, you know? Yeah. And you go to college and the main goal is to access as much female attention as possible. Yeah. And get by in class and use Adderall to get by. You're right. Here, here it's a fe- Yeah, here it's a feeling. It's, a, it's feeling based. Like, I feel like a man now. Okay, great. That's it. No one yeah. actually tells you that. When, when you're, you become a man in my book, when the most important person in your life is no longer you. 100%. I agree. There yeah. we go. If somebody else has to be cared for by you and you have to put them first, you're now a man. Big but if, you, if, you, if it's you, 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 I need to make a million dollars, buy a Lamborghini and everything, you're still not a man. But once like, hey, I have to take care of mom, I have to take care of sister, I have to have a family, take care of the kids, you're now a man. And you that idea is seductive to people because even when they achieve success, then they think they're the man. Yeah. But they can see, you can see the neglect all through different areas of their life as well. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, I think one thing that our audience really needs to hear is to evaluate yourself mm-hmm. and be honest with it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, like, assume that you are wrong always and assume because if you are correct, it's going to feel good. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It's, It'll it's, feel better than knowing that you are correct. Right, right. Um, and I think that's where everything starts, like with uh, your health mm-hmm. and your longevity and your happiness and all that good stuff. But I think every, everything we took out of this today was bottom line be on good track with health of that's course everything where that's, that's where everything starts if you want creatine to work well mm-hmm. you're gonna have to be moving and you're gonna have to yeah. be eating well right like that kind hey, of stuff if you want to take care of people you have to be healthy enough to do it yeah and you know if you if you have health problems i'm sorry i know that's that's rough we we feel for you it's not we're not saying that you're no longer a man and you're not an alpha male or anything but for the majority of people you're a young man your health is important your health leads to testosterone testosterone means you take care of your family wires back to more testosterone and you're going to be fulfilled as a man yeah you're not going to be fulfilled with just hedonistic endeavors Mm -hmm. a lot of things that we've discussed today have uh they can definitely be overwhelming for people so what what like words of encouragement do you have for people um that want to walk on a uh, on the right path 
and just like get better because mm -hmm. a lot of this this shit is just overwhelming even yep. for some for people like us who do yep. the research and do all that that's like, what do you the more you go down the harder the weirder it's like, it gets how much more does it go it keeps going right so like um, what do you say to those people keep the simple things in focus like the, there's stuff that me and you and you'll try to that will be trying to get the extra half percent yeah. but the big things are what matter your sleep you eat healthy you have relationships you exercise and the lucky part is you live in 2022 2023 whatever it is when you watch this and you have access to information mm -hmm. you can seek out information there's reputable sources that you can look to you can look up to there's a democratization of knowledge and you have no excuse not to know anymore no yeah. excuse so you can you can learn it's no longer some some esoteric knowledge that some kind of shaman has on top of a hill <laughs> on twitter you can find a thousand people telling you what to do <laughs> so yeah. it's great and if you keep the simple things in focus 80 20 principle 20 80 your results are going to come from that small 20 percent where you sleep good you eat good you have relationships you take care of other people and you're going to do good most new information you learn is actually old information it's crazy yeah it cycles back point. yeah that's good that's really good cycles back dude and uh, tweet that's, that. that's one thing i'm learning <laughs> viral. And viral big time. it has uh, been proven to be true over and over again um but Abud, thank You're you welcome so much for joining us today. That was a wild journey. If you guys appreciated that episode, please go follow this man at Abud, A-B-U-D underscore B-A-K-R-I, Bakri. We'll have uh, all links down yeah, below in the we'll description. we'll have them all in the description below. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't yet, go ahead and grab your extra wallet. Uh, use code 2AM to save 30% off. Yeah. And yeah, it's been a pleasure, guys. Yeah, thank you so appreciate much, man. You, man. See you guys next time. Peace. Peace.